Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Get you going that little if you bit. Say to anger it. is a great ah, motivator. Yeah. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Off the Ball Daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing all right, enjoying the longest week of the summer so far. And we're into the exciting phase now of the GA Championship. Over the next month, there are two All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship quarterfinals, four All Ireland Senior Football Preliminary quarterfinals, and two Charlton Cup semi finals to be decided this weekend. Rena Buckley is our reporter at Porky Cueve out of Cork v Roscommon in the big ball game. That throws in at two. We'll also check in with James Scahill at the Gaelic Grounds in advance of the double header involving Clare and Dublin and Galway into. Barreri in the small ball. Antrim's Neil McMahon has retired from senior inter-county hurling this week. We'll hear from him and John O'Mahony will preview Galway v Mayo no better man. There's also the last football Saturday of the season to look forward to between the time of two and half three this week with Dan McDonald, Johnny Ward and Shane Keegan on the show. It's to Heather de Connacht in the studio today because we've got Sligo's Cahill Manani and Mayo's Cameron Hill. No Cromwells around here? Oh, thankfully not. No, no, no. I can feel the nerves off Cameron ahead of the big game tomorrow. Yeah, the Galway Mayo rivalry just uh, stirs stirs people in in Mayo like nothing else. What a mess Galway. for the pair of you, Galway and Mayo, to be in this situation. I know, divils, aren't we? Divils. We never make it easy for ourselves. Um, uh, it should be a cracking game. I was looking um, just the results, and I don't know why in my head that I felt like Galway have won every game against Mayo since 1974. But um, it turns out we've won the last three against Galway, so you know it's boding well. I'll give you a stat. The last draw in 1992. Really? All the way in Mayo. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's 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 just kind of, it's, it's really a, a blockbuster tie and I think both of them will have the challenge this week of trying to pick themselves up after losing last weekend, particularly Mayo from the position that they were in and you know, thinking about the contenders with the All Ireland, I would certainly have placed Galway Mayo definitely in the top four, if not the top two, prior to last weekend, uh, given their form in the championship so far. So to think that one of them is going to be out of the championship on Monday morning uh, means one of the big contenders is gone. Um, the fact that it's in Salt Hill may edge it in favour of Galway, but they've got injury concerns, and Shane Walsh probably hasn't hit top form mm. so far in this championship. And the thing about Mayo is they tend to thrive on knockout football and they kind of like when the stakes are high and they've been involved in such you know dramatic matches over the years I still they still have that trait even though it is kind of a new team under Kevin McStay so it's going to be a really fascinating encounter but I might just give Galway the edge Cameron I'm sorry I think yeah I don't know it's a tough one like we play better in Salt Hill than we do in McHale Park um, based on recent form I think whoever wins will have to you'd feel that they've come into life to win that game I mean as you say Shane Walsh hasn't hit his heights he looks very tired out there but maybe tomorrow is the day that he does that and um, really sparks into life and gets back to somewhere close to his 2022 best but from Mayo's perspective it's about game management and their young guns maybe not letting the emotion of the occasion get to them I think we've seen that a few times this year um, even in the championship but even in the league I remember that Mayo-Armagh game which they really should have won and ended up drawing at the athletic grounds that was a game there for the taking and they just kind of let that slip away so yeah whoever comes out on top tomorrow I think you can put them back in the running definitely 
Definitely. We, we will learn so much when this championship is over about the rhythms of a team and how they came through to win it. Yeah, for sure. And I think Cameron makes a good point there that the winner of tomorrow's match, even though it is a tight turnaround to the quarterfinals, they'll have huge momentum uh, coming from knocking out one of the contenders of the All-Ireland and winning that kind of local Connacht derby. But you're right, John. I mean, the, no one knows how to win an All-Ireland in, in this format. You just get the sense with Dublin and Kerry, given their the scores that they put up last weekend, are they coming to the boil? Is it right going to come time? down to Dublin and Kerry again, really? Well, based on last weekend, you would sense that they're coming to the boil at the perfect time and they've timed their runs to perfection. Mm. They obviously both have huge firepower up front. Um, but the fact that Mayo and Galway were so impressive, uh, you know, throughout the, the spring, Galway obviously last year getting to the All-Ireland final, I think Derry would have a say and, and maybe if Tyrone can get through their game in Ballybuffet against Donegal tonight, they may be able to. And then you've got Armagh who've been, you know, they're such a good team to watch if they can find a little bit of consistency and maybe a bit Throw of luck. Throw the shackles off a bit. Well, they haven't been very lucky under Kieran McGuinney when you think over the years. They've lost a lot of entertaining matches, but they've been great to watch. But I mean, as the cliche goes, it's a results business and they probably haven't got those results. But when you consider even last year against Galway and Crow Park, they're within a whisker of progressing beyond Galway and who knows where it would have gone from there. But I think it's definitely the most open football championship we've had probably in the modern era uh, back to the mid noughties maybe you could you could make a case when, when Jerome and Armagh made the breakthrough That was some day that game Armagh Galway last year I was down the Kerr that day and it was the same day Shane Larry won at Wentworth I believe or he won something or there was something to do and maybe it was another time I was down the Kerr that Shane Larry won all these times I've gone down the Kerr they all just kind of blend into each other to be honest mm. yeah. <laughs> Now speaking of golf and Shane Larry and the women's game you're thinking Galway Mayo is going to be surely the front page headline on Monday's paper, but it actually could be something else. Yeah, Leona Maguire holding the lead heading into the weekend at the Women's PGA Championship in New Jersey. The Cavan native is five under par and she has a one-shot advantage over three players, including her Solheim Cup teammate Mel Reid. Last week, Maguire claimed her second LPGA Tour title with victory at the LPGA Meyer Classic and she believes her game has been in good shape for most of this season. I feel like I've been playing really good golf from Vegas, really. Um... I had really bad blisters after Vegas. I was just about able to walk around the golf course in Mizuho, so that was all. I, that was the goal that week was to get around. Um, but yeah, I feel like my game's been in really good shape for a couple of weeks now, and um, obviously it was last week. And nice to continue that to this week. No, I don't think so. No, this is uncharted territory for me. And um, I mean, whatever happens this weekend, I'm sure I'll learn a lot and um, just sort of taking it one day at a time. I think this golf course demands that. I think you can't. You can't think more than one shot ahead, let alone a hole or a round ahead. So um, just really taking it shot by shot and trying to hit as good a shot as I can. She has the mental strength to win a major and it could be this weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Obviously in great form after last week. um, Saw a little bit of, of, of the action over the last couple of days and she looks to be hitting the ball really solid uh, not the longest hitter in the world but really really sharp she's keeping out of trouble that's yep. what you need to do at Baltus Row yeah and the weather is uh, Irish quite Irish yeah, I looked at the temperatures around 20 degrees Celsius and rain uh, so Maguire obviously used to that interesting subplot with Mel Reid in the mix as well given their uh, partnership at the Solheim Cup they struck up a great friendship and partnership uh, in that tournament so it could be a very interesting weekend but all the trends from Leona Maguire in her career obviously you know plays through the amateur ranks now we're number 12 uh, winning last week for the second time in the LPGA Tour it's all kind of trending towards contending and potentially winning a major title and obviously from, from our point of view and Irish point of view you'd hope that she can do it this week and also Stephanie Meadow in a good position inside the top 10 on one under par but Maguire also got some tips off uh, Porrick Harrington as well which is an interesting uh, thing to hear during the week as well so she's in a really good position 
Yeah, I don't know if anyone's watching um, the coverage, but uh, it's fairly sodden <laughs> there in New Jersey this weekend. But uh, Leona Maguire's playing the conditions really well. I was watching bits and pieces of it last night and there were certain certainly putts um, from Minji Lee, for instance, that were just coming up short and it's just a case of, you know, the rain absolutely changing the green and you're not a, you have to hit it a bit harder and understand the curvature where she is hitting. There was a great putt on the sixth that I just thought that's playing the conditions really well in terms of the way she curved it into the hole. So it's all there for her. Yeah, another two or three under par round and we're suddenly in a situation where it could be maybe a handful of golfers coming in like last week's US Open. There's only four to five players can really win this thing. Yeah, of course. She'd be one of them. 177th in the world at the end of 2020 to 12th, as you say now. Top 10s in the US Open, the Open Championship last year at Muirfield played really well. And the ruthlessness and the killer instinct she showed at the Solheim Cup gives me great encouragement that she can do this this weekend. Yeah, she's a player with a, a brilliant mentality and obviously backed up by, you know, there's a lot expected of Leona Maguire in the professional ranks given her performances at amateur level where she dominated. Um, and she's really, I, I think, admirably built a really good career uh, in the last couple of years she's gone about her business in the right way uh, and as I say all the, the trends would suggest that, that she is trending towards contending for a major title which she is and potentially winning one and what a boost it would be for the game not just in Ireland but in Europe uh, for a major winner to, to come 156 players in the field texting here 53106 Hi John how do you know Leona has got the mental strength to win a major when she hasn't because we're trying to predict the future and on the basis of the trends from 177 to 12 to be the top point scorer as a rookie in the Salheim Cup to be as Cahill said, the top amateur in the world. We don't know that, but the whole fun of it is trying to predict it. Yeah, and uh, I think many people have predicted that Leona will, will win multiple major titles, but it'd be great to, to see her make the breakthrough this weekend. Now, what about the men's game? Well, Rory McIlroy is seven shots off the lead ahead of his third round at the Travellers Championship. That's on the PGA Tour. He's eight under par. Denny McCarthy and Keegan Bradley at the head of the field there on 15 under. Shane Larry also through to the weekend. He's on seven under par, but Seamus Power missed the cut by a single shot on three under last night. What else do we have? Well, in Gaelic Games, we mentioned already the big day that's ahead in the football and hurling. We'll start with the hurling with the two All-Ireland uh, Hurling Championship quarterfinals down for decision today. Beaten Munster finalist Clare take on Dublin from four. Then it's Tipperary against Galway from 6.15. Both of those matches at Limerick's Gaelic grounds. Then in the football championship, as mentioned, John, it reaches the knockout stage today. Three preliminary quarterfinals uh, on today. Cork taking on Roscommon in the first of those from two o'clock at Porky Cueve. O'Connor Park and Tullamore then host the meeting of Kildare and Monaghan that one throws in at a quarter to five and at seven o'clock Ulster rivals Donegal and Tyrone square off in Bally Buffet also action in the minor football championship today Kerry playing Monaghan in the first of the semi-finals that game two and Tullamore throws in at half past two and in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship this afternoon action in Group 2 Dublin play Kilkenny from two o'clock it's Wexford against Tipperary from four to let you know, folks, that Off the Ball is coming to the Cork Podcast Festival. Join us on Sunday, the 27th of August, in the Cork Opera House. Special guests to be announced very soon. Don't miss out on a great night of conversation and crack in the heart of the Rebel County. For tickets, go to www.corkpodcastfestival.ie forward slash off slash the ball. Now, this Gaelic Games this weekend. What are we looking at in terms of Galway May? We've already discussed just the hurling today. Is it going to be Claire and one other? Well, I think you'd have to expect Clare will, will get over Dublin. I think the the big question around Clare is how they've recovered from the disappointment of missing out on that Munster title again. Uh, but you would suspect uh, on all given form that they'll have enough for Dublin today. But the Dubs did show at times in the Leinster Championship that they've uh, got plenty about them under Micheál Donoghue. But I think a lot of people 
from a neutral standpoint, John, looking forward to Tipperary and Galway, a huge rivalry between those two counties in the Hurling Championship over the years. Some people talking about Tip as potential dark horses to go all the way. Uh, I think it may be a little bit of a stretch in their first year under Liam Cahill. Galway probably under more pressure to deliver given the way that they lost the Leinster final to Kilkenny. Um, Henry Shefflin now has got his feet under the table in Galway and they'd be expecting to, to make a big impact in the championship this year I would suspect but it's really all about from a Galway point of view how they've recovered uh, from that soccer punch against Kilkenny in the Leinster final because it's so difficult to pick yourself up I would imagine in a dressing room after losing in that manner and silver would have, would have been so important uh, to go and giving them a, a real boost heading into the semi-finals What do you think Cameron? Yeah I think as Cahill says it's tip Galway today that's the big one standing out I think Tip have um, a few players coming back from injury that are key like Jason Ford last weekend and I mean you know you look at that scoreline in Stoffley I know it was a game a taste, uh, case of um, Tipperary being in a league of our, their own but yeah certainly the chatter around uh, Tipperary this year is that they're coming good at the right time I've heard lots of people tipping them to beat Galway today um, and yeah, yeah it's there for the taking I don't think Limerick are at their best at all uh, this year in the hurling even though you know they won Munster and they're still on course to get the four in a row but I still think it's pretty open I actually think we could have a few shocks and surprises along the way this year Yeah and Limerick have had a a few niggly injuries and Declan Hannan's going to miss the the semi-final whoever they play so I think Clare will think that they're still in a pretty good position if they can get over to Well they have to rise uh, vis-a-vis last year because last year they laboured against Wexford and then blew out against Kilkenny they'll have to have a second hit at this if they have a second hit if they have the energy they can can be there thereabouts but they'll also need to improve their forward play in terms of conversion Would you think that they're in a better position this year to challenge the All-Ireland than last year? It's important impossible to say until we see I think if they get to the final I think they're right there they have to get to the final and to do that they'll have to likely to overcome Dublin not 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 certain and then Kilkenny will be a key test but I think it, I think any team that gets to the final has got a chance this year mm. uh, I do think uh, I do think as, as Cameron says it's open what about the other football matches uh, we have what Donegal and Tyrone as you said Kildare and Monaghan of all those counties which you've seen what you because obviously you're doing lots of commentary at the moment I would think uh, Roscommon have probably been the county that probably deserve most credit um, so far this season I think they've, they've been brilliant under has David momentum Burke. gone against them though now potentially and that's a tricky game today against Cork when you talk about momentum that's a real boost for them to beat Mayo in the manner that they did last year and Roscommon having to go down there but I would think Roscommon can reach uh, an All-Ireland semi-final this year Kildare and Monaghan has an interesting look about it I guess Kildare will, will feel that that win over Roscommon last week will give them a boost after an indifferent season prior to that really and then like we talk about All-Ireland contenders and stuff like that, but the Donegal story, if they were to beat Tyrone, would be fantastic when you consider the malaise that engulfed the county really through the league campaign and they had the managerial situation and the Carl Lacey situation and, and everything seemed to be going against Donegal. But clearly, there's a lot of character in that dressing room because they've pulled it back, pulled out a great result against Monaghan in the group stage and now they've got themselves into the knockout phase. And, you know, they would really um, like to maintain what, is a very proud record in Ballybuffet over the years. They feel like they're a county that that uh, doesn't lose really in Ballybuffet, even though they do the odd time. But they're they're very proud of their home record and defending their home patch. And no better than Tyrone to to come to town tonight to to provide what could be a, a very tasty encounter. But I think if Donegal were to get through, it would be one of the stories of the summer. Entertaining League of Ireland action last night. 
Fantastic game at uh, Dalyman Park. Shamrock Rovers lead at the top, cut to four points in the Premier Division. They let a 2-0 lead slip against Bohemians. It finished two goals apiece and the point was a satisfactory outcome for the Bohemians manager, Declan Devine. That was always the goal tonight. It was always important that you know we've lost two games done previously and it was so important that we didn't lose a game. And then that's where the, the players have got to take huge credit. They found themselves behind, 2-0 behind at home. And they, they were so much, I felt we were so much on top in the game that the psychological aspect that we have learned from previous games, they really flipped it on its head and I think our subs helped. I think I talk about the importance of our squad all the time and you know tonight was very evident that when the guys came off the bench they gave us a real new energy and a real, a real desire to drag ourselves back into the game. And we're actually very disappointed that we didn't win the game because the two goals we give away are very preventable. And I felt that we had so many opportunities that we should have been coming away with more than a point. But 2-0 down, 25 minutes to go, you've got to be happy and, and take a point. You watch this, Carl? Yeah, really good game. And, and Bulls deserve a lot of credit from coming from 2-0 from down because it looked like Shamrock Rovers were in control of the match. They had one or two chances at 2-0 maybe to, to put the game to bed. But Bulls deserve a lot of credit uh, to come back to, to gain a point. And I think that'll give them a real boost heading forward. Obviously, they had such a brilliant start of the season under Declan Devine. It, they've tailed off a little bit, but I still think uh, definitely a top three or four spot for Bulls is very achievable this season. And from a Shamrock Rovers point of view, last night's result makes uh, Monday night's game against Derry City very, very interesting indeed because... Uh, they square off uh, on Monday night so it's going to be very interesting and Pats are in the mix still yeah like Pats have gone on a great run uh, just to run through last night's results Derry City beat Cork City 2-0 Pats third after their 1-0 defeat of Shelburne Pat Huben scored twice for Dundalk he's now their all-time leading goal scorer uh, in their 2-1 win over Drogheda and Bottomside UCD picked up just their second win of the season after a 2-1 win at uh, home to Sligo Rovers but in terms of the title race I mean uh, Derry City will have you know at the outset of the season certainly would have considered themselves as contenders and if they can get a result to Tallis Stadium on Monday night to bring them even closer to Shamrock Rovers heading into the closing straight I think they'll fancy themselves to, to give it a right go Pat's probably the foreign team uh, in the country at the moment in the Premier Division and they're going really well and that was a pretty damaging result for Sligo Rovers last night against uh, Bottomside UCD they've been in really poor form Sligo Rovers so far this season and uh, could well get dragged into a relegation battle uh, in the first division last night John Galway United extending their lead at the top to 13 points they beat Longford Town by 4 goals to nil second place Waterford lost 1-0 at Cove Ramblers elsewhere Braby Kerry 3-2 Treaty United were 2-0 winners over Athlone and Wexford overcame Finn Harps by a goal to nil. Women's action as well. Yeah, that's right. And Jesse Stapleton set to play her final game for Shelburne this afternoon. The 18-year-old is set to move to a Women's Super League side next month, though the exact destination has yet to be confirmed, but it is expected Stapleton will join West Ham. Shells host Linfield in the All-Ireland Cup at Talca Park later today. The other game in Group A sees Galway United play Athlone Town. In Group B, it's P-Mount versus Glen Torn and Wexford Youths against Shamrock Rovers. Sion Swiss face Sligo Rovers in Group C, while Bohemians play Cliftonville. And in Group D, it's Dealor Waves against Crusade and Treaty United are up against Cork City. Now we have an under-20 world championship which is ongoing. Yeah, and uh, the Irish-English game, uh, Ireland's opening game against England, kicked off at half-past 12 and it's been a very entertaining uh, opening half. Ireland leading by 15 points to 10 at half-time. Sam Prendergast ran in the first Irish try, but England uh, giving as good as they have there was 10-all heading into the closing stages of that first half, but Ireland edging in front just before the break. Richie Murphy side, of course, heading into that tournament off the back of their Six Nations Grand Slam success earlier this year, and in that campaign, Ireland beat England by 12 points in a 36-24 win 
in Cork, but it's pretty tight at half time. Ireland leading by 15 points to 10. Cameron, you're into this? Yeah, perhaps not the start that Ireland would have expected. I mean, if anyone watched the uh, Six Nations this year, you know that they are far more free scoring than uh, the scoreline has suggested so far. 239 points over five games uh, during this year's Six Nations and 36-24, as Cahill said, against um, England. It could have been a lot more. So, they're kind of getting into it but it's a great opportunity to see some of the young talent that's coming through Sam Prendergast is the big name the marquee and he got name. a try as well got a try he missed the conversion just before half time there but um, he's the marquee name but loads of other brilliant talents Hugh Gavin Brian Gleeson all in action over this under 20s world championship first one in five years of course JD um, so we're, I'm looking forward to seeing where they can go because it feels like the sky's the limit with this team now, just let you know, folks, as always, that um, your binge on sport this weekend, pick out your best performance this weekend, whether it's a player, manager, even the ref. Tune into OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening, Sunday. Leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTB AM. You're with the chance then of winning a Gillette Labs exfoliating razor, skin guard shaving gel and a refill blades pack. That is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. Athletics news, call. Yeah, the European Games continuing in Poland. Good news this morning for the Irish diver Jake Passmore. He's through to the three-metre final later today. He finished in 10th place this morning to book his place in his first senior international final and he'll return to the pool, as I say, later tonight. In boxing, Amy Broadhurst in action later. Good news for Michaela Walsh. She's through to the last 16 and Jack Woolley won silver for Ireland in the Taekwondo event last night. So things going well there for Team Ireland. We got some racing news. Ascot continuing. Yeah, the action continues at Royal Ascot this afternoon. The first off there at half past two here at home. There's racing at Down Royal from two o'clock and at Limerick. A seven race car begins shortly after 20 past five this evening. You were reading some of the best writing today in the papers, Cameron? Yeah, big week, obviously, for Vera Powers, uh, women's national team. She has to pick her World Cup selection and they'll be disappointed. Um disappointed players in there obviously it's a hard thing to do but it's a great position to have a World Cup squad to look forward to this week Malachy Clerken was writing in the uh, Irish Times today about going to the game against Zambia 3-2 against Ireland and Tala on Thursday um, with his girls and going to Dublin Kerry last weekend in the ladies football and the contrast and well the sort of binge on sport that they've enjoyed over the last while and watching um, young girls getting into sport and watching and enjoying sport in their own way uh, he's saying that everything is met with screams and it just it's the decibel level that changes based on score or disappointment um, but it was interesting that he was making the point that you know we talk about 20 by 20 and can't be can't, can't see can't be and women's sport in this country gets a lot more exposure than before and it's brilliant to see but he said that you know the next challenge is that a lot more of the challenges that these female athletes experience regularly between funding and structural um, adversity uh, they will come to the fore in the next while because of all this media attention and exposure and it, it just got me thinking about this tournament and the week that's been with the LMGFA and Camogie Association announcing that they will be playing the rest of their seasons under effective protest and we're yet to see what that is I don't think they've outlined specifically what, how that protest will take form but I found it very interesting thinking about the contrast of the women's sports story in this country over the last 10 years that 
compared to the men's, you know, the big moments have always been your Italian 90s, your Stuttgart 88, your Grand Slams in 09, 2018 and this year. Um, for Gaelic, it's the arrival of Clifford last year with his All-Ireland and these moments of triumph. And you compare that to the big moments, historic moments for women's sport in this country and it's 2017 in Liberty Hall. It's the women's hockey team, the a combination of good and bad, getting to the World Cup final, but then it revealed that they had to pay their way to represent their country at a World Cup. It's um, the LGFA and the Camogie Association. It's the letter from the Irish players, the open letter to the IRFU. All these moments of protest and adversity, and I think they're absolutely right to do what they're doing, and it's great to see, and hopefully some progress can come over the next while, but the goal at the moment is, you saw the LGFA and Camogie Association saying, look, we want to have our 2017 Liberty Hall moment, which feels like that's a weird thing compared to say, we want to have our Italian 90, that the, it's the framing of, we want to see actual change because right now it's not good enough. In the men's side, it's, we need to aspire to the best it can be. In women's sport, it seems to be, we need to make sure it doesn't get any worse. And you'd like to see now a change in how we talk about women's sport as Maliki Clerken said all these issues are going to come but you would like it that these issues aren't issues anymore that when a team comes to the fore it doesn't go or comes into the spotlight the national spotlight we're not constantly talking about look at the struggles they have to go through just to represent their country hopefully some good will come out of that yeah I think as a country we're getting there but we have to get there quicker and you have to accelerate the process. And a merger and the process of a merger shouldn't hold up getting better uh, status and better resources for women's footballers and women's camogie players. Absolutely. Uh, so, what are you looking at? Any surprises this weekend you can predict? Well, uh, obviously we hope that Leona Maguire can can progress. It could be another late Sunday night after last week, but not quite as late this oh week. Oh my God. That it was, was tough last week. Yeah, with Rory it was 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't win. That was difficult, but I think... Uh, I think we're really going to see the football championship really come alive after quite an entertaining weekend last weekend, which could well see the, the group stage in the championship retain its current format. And this weekend, I would expect that the knockout matches would really add another level uh, to the football championship this weekend. Uh, maybe the Galway hurlers to, to, to get the better a tip. Um, I think that could reignite their season and could be a, a real statement win under Henry Scheffner for the Galway hurlers. So if I'm to pick a, a shock for the weekend, I think tip favourites probably heading into that match would maybe Galway to, to turn them over later. I want Davy Burke causing absolute chaos in the All-Ireland quarterfinals. I really, really want to see that. He's brilliant. Great value for money this year. Uh, Davy Burke post-match um, comments and post-match interview is the thing I'm living for right now in terms of my content. So... Get through today, get into a quarterfinal, we'll see how it goes. Ah, be brilliant. Okay, Cameron, Carl, thank you so much for the news round. And speaking of Ross Common, they play Cork at two o'clock. We're going live to Porky Creeve after this break to speak to Rena Buckley and preview the game. Back after this. Off the ball, daily.